Well, it's a long story. See, you nailed it, man. You did good. <laughs> you forgot to mention Wilderness Athlete. Did you say Wilderness Athlete? Did I say that? Uh, yeah, you did. Oh, you yeah. didn't say your last name, so yours is easy, Lynch. And how do you pronounce yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, I totally would have fucked that up. Yeah, yeah. So before we get going, like, you've already got yours cocked to the side. That's not going to work. you got to, like, basically make love to the mic. Oh, um, he wasn't talking about his dong. He was yeah. talking about the microphone. <laughs> you got to get up on it. Yeah, if you if you do this, like most people do, it fucks everything up. So you got to okay. look at the mic. Use your peripherals. So Front and center. you guys are up here to do the alpha bow hunting challenge? Or yeah. just have a booth? Uh, Both. So we got a booth out there. Um, I'm going to compete. Josh is going to compete because, you know, why not? I'm not going to just sit out there. All weekend um but yeah both that's my first time being at the alpha challenge so i'm excited to see what it's all about it's gonna be hotter than a whore on dollar day out there it is hot and there's <laughs> not much shade yeah are you, are you gonna come get, get the stick bow and try to take over no didn't no, think so no, no no i'm not into those type of competitive events um you just like shooting not my thing i don't i would think i would do okay but i honestly don't give a shit so i don't go. is there a um, big uh trad shooter class for that yeah, there's a few I guys. Know. I think last year there was like between six and ten guys out there. Yeah, with at the risk of me getting in trouble for talking shit, I have found it better to go into the woods and find animals uh, to kill them. Uh, so I just don't compete in this thing. <laughs> so, so I was supposed to be in Nebraska, but I have um, uh, we're we're me and my my business partner uh, we're purchasing kafaru and. The paperwork, a lot of that's happening tonight, and there's another meeting on Sunday. So I think what I'm going to do is actually go in and scout on Saturday uh, for the elk tag I drew. And, I mean, it, as I say that, please, no one send in me hate mail. I, if you enter in any fitness com- competition, that's awesome. <laughs> I just like being out in the woods and finding it, uh, you know, animals. So that's kind of my thing. That, and I really, when I mean, you think about it, and I'm learning this more and more, if I enter that, and, and Cam said this at one point in time, but you enter something – and you lose you or you do win. something wrong, mm-hmm. uh, you got to hear all kinds of people talk shit. And, I, you know, with me, I, I it's not like I train for that kind of stuff. And I, I Frank just said it, same reason I do CrossFit. I get addicted to it because I hate losing at anything. So, yep. yeah. I, I'd say it's mainly about shoot. I mean, you shoot 3D targets a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't, I don't, it's not too different than that. It's a little bit of running. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's not, it's not like steal your soul, pack, you know, oh, three we, miles. We've been to them. I mean, yeah. you know, we I photographed them. But mm-hmm. is there any glassing giant bulls? <laughs> no. <laughs> eh, no. Yeah, fuck that. No. Yeah, the next, <laughs> the next event to take off is going to be something that has some glassing into it. Because that's, that's, that's a separator. A lot of guys don't go to train to hunt or alpha bow hunting because it's like, I'd rather just hunt and, yeah. you know. Locate the target like, and then go and fucking shoot it or like something. That. Yeah, well, if you did like target deception, um, Kim's games, things like they do in the military for, for snipers. Uh, Kim's games a card flipping deal for for memory but if you're like a fo or a a scout where you have to map out you know draw out your your objective or um you know in the case of like if you're glassing and 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 you put uh, objects that don't belong there um you know you have 15 minutes to glass write down what that what doesn't belong and things like that are scored no one's going to want to do that shit because it's boring but that it that is very relevant to to hunting. I, I'd say Frank, you're you're one of the better glassers. Is that a fucking even a word? Glasser. Glasser. You uh, you're a glassican. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you don't you don't pick up. Frank doesn't pick up a spotter that often. He's but on tens, you're out glassing on tens. Yeah. Most guys we've ever glassed with, you're picking picking animals. I like out to there. yeah. I like to start with the tens and then fine tune it with the uh, spotter. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think if people, 
well, we know for a fact there's been guys that have went into areas we've been into that didn't find one animal, and we went in there and picked it apart and found 30 yeah. deer. It's it's not a matter of um, anything other than technique and, and good optics. And, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you guys are linked with outdoorsmen as well. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I try to explain to people as far as uh, target acquisition, being able to pick up a, an animal, change from, you know, on your tripod from, from binoculars to a spotting scope, how you glass, the ease of use of glassing. And, and this is a huge, you know, I'm pimping out outdoorsmen. If you don't like it, suck it. That is the best <laughs> system I've found as far as gritting out uh, a, a side hill and picking animals apart because people that actually use um, that equipment for hunting design the shit. And so even when you're talking about rednecking it out the window is, is the system from the window mount to your tripod, all of it works in continuity with each other, so it's super handy. But um, I don't I mean, I would say we're spending, well, Frank usually kills something before I do, and he is spending <laughs> a significant time behind the glasses watching me run all over the mountain, went, uh, you know, scare shit off. But we're probably six, eight hours behind the glass a day. Yeah, a lot of time, yeah. That's yeah. what it takes. I mean, so one of the guys I know that I hunt with uh, a lot, he, he used eights. You know, like I, I run 1250s all the time. I mean, Arizona's, you know, generally big, flat country, so um, it's kind of a happy medium between 15s and stuff, but I've been kind of tempted to go with just more like 10s or 8s, just so you can see it, you see more, and there's less, uh, you know. Yeah, some of the stuff. basins that we're looking at, some of them are big. Yeah. Like that one that he hunts is like a mile wide, but Fucking part of the part where I hunt, it's a, it's a canyon, it's not very far, so with 12s, it's almost too much for yeah. me. Yeah, and I, where I'm at, it's probably a mile and a half down on that one. Yeah, it's a just a giant basin. So I actually like this weekend, um, tomorrow I'm I'm gonna I'll have tens, fifteens, and um a ninety five. I don't mind packing the weight. Um, you know, but I've got I've got uh ten by forty two SLCs and I've got ten by fifty ELs. I tried to order ten by fifty six SLCs. Mm-hmm. They must hold on to those motherfuckers like their money. They were like six months out. They keep them for the birding crew. Yeah, the (laughs) sons of bitches, Europeans. Um, (laughs) But with the 15s, one of the things I like, if we're Aldad, Alberta, I put it on the monopod. I put that decoy on the front of it, and then it just stabilizes. So I don't really in Alberta need the 95 as much with a lot of the stuff we do but sometimes it's handy picking them out of the thing's a bowling pin though brush. like there's definitely like when you if you're willing to bring it it makes a huge difference you Dude, can we pack those fucking things everywhere you want to talk about having a baby in your pack i mean <laughs> yeah. as i'm wondering if i have enough food i'm like well i got seven pound fucking <laughs> exactly yeah. do you use yeah. the btx on it on your mm-hmm. no i'm not oh. a btx dude uh, it's just i um i like 15s and then the you know, the standard eyepiece and I, he goes to 75 power and we were bounce, bouncing back and forth, uh, doing this review. Uh, we were using, uh, Zeiss last year. Frank still has a Zeiss and picking between that Zeiss and the Suoro is, is it, they both have their pros and cons and guys are like, which one? And I'm like, you should go look through them both because it, everybody's eyes are different. They're both pretty amazing optics and you probably like the Leica better than I think that Leica 65 was one of my favorite spotters I've ever looked through. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> liked it. So everybody's eyeballs are yeah. different, especially, I mean, I, if you haven't spent 12 hours a day behind glass and you jump into a, and you're running something that's pretty low and you jump into throw your two cents into a guy asking about a sheep hunt, 
that's like me talking about uh, giving birth. <laughs> you really need to have spent a lot of time behind the glass. It's taken it's, a, quite a few big shits before, but yeah. <laughs> never popped out a baby. Probably shouldn't talk about that personally, but it's just uh, it's glassing for that long. It's 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 a different world. Yeah, um, the guys at Outdoorsman deal with that all the time. You know, people that like gawk at the, the price tag on Swarovskis. But, you know, when you're dealing with guides who make a profession out of it, who spend hours on end behind it, that's when you start to see the difference between your Vortex or your Tascos and, you know, your high-end European optics. Yeah, and I try not to get myself in too much trouble when guys... Yeah, I, I just don't post it publicly because the, the reality is, is is nothing is going to compare to the big three. Um, and it I don't give a shit. It's just, they don't. Um, and I'm not talking range finders because there are... Um, loophole SIG makes some good range finders, but I mean, when you just talk about optical clarity, edge to edge clarity, chromatic aberration, longevity of the optic, it, nothing's going to ever compare to, to the big three. And I, I don't know that that's ever going to change. So when a, a guy says, you know, I've got really good optics, I've got brand X and I'm like, well, <laughs> that may have been what the guy they're paying said, but that is not fucking true. Okay. Those are not high end optics. They're good optics but they're not high end and migraines will tell you that. And I don't, I don't think people understand when you look through a, a binocular or a spotter, the reason why my buddy's an optometrist explained it to me, your eye has the natural instinct to go to the clearest spot. So if you have like edge to edge clarity issues, chromatic aberration is your eye drifts right as it's looking through the objective and it sees that imperfection, it bounces back and it bounces back. And that is what will give you headaches the quickest. And so if you're looking at something that's crisp edge to edge, your eye is not going to sh shift back fast. It can look all the way to the outer edge and it's not going to see any chromatic aberration or distortion where when it's bouncing all the time because it only has perfection in the middle or good optics in the middle, you get a migraine and that can take an hour or less for some people, um, you know, glassing consistently. I could be totally full of shit on all of that, but somebody <laughs> told me good. that, and it's their fault. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> it was a doctor, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get off the subject, are those fucking bars out yet? Oh, yeah. They're out. Dude, did you try one? I haven't tried it. It's because I ate them all before I bought them. <laughs> <down here. laughs> I'm going to have to order some today. I'm not shitting you. That, that It's comparative, comparative to a perfect bar. They're, and you don't they're have pretty to, good, man. Nice. They're really good. He's underselling it. And you don't yeah. have to refrigerate them. Yeah. Oh, nice. They're, they're so perfect. perfect for backpacking. I ate yeah. them all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we made these bites. So, like, they're these little half-sized bites. They're just double chocolate brownie bites that, you know, low in sugar, high in protein and stuff. But they're just freaking delicious. Yeah, they We're don't load up that room back there with uh with drinks and snacks and stuff. So yeah, we'll put a big order in. Real quick, have you have you guys looked through the the new Swaro NLs yet? I I just talked to Swaro. Um, you fuckers, right? So there's two of them. You <laughs> yeah. got one of them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, tell Chris to send them to me. And they were like, look, we've got to set at the shop. Chris had, right. to, I think he had to send yeah. them to somebody else. Um, or has to he, fairly quickly. Yeah, um, I, I got to look at them. Like, the day they launched him or announced him or whatever, just he had him in the shop. Well, the dude at Swirl's like, dude, I haven't looked through him. And I'm like, well, how are we going to fucking do a podcast about him? <laughs> yeah. So he's going to get some and either have Chris send them to me or mm -hmm. or someone else. Because, um, you know, everybody's asking me yeah. about him. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, right. I don't, I'm not sure. Because I've run, you know, obviously a lot of Swirl's. So right. they're pretty, They, I mean, as stupid as it is, as far as that brace, it does like, steady you up. I 100%. Mean, yeah. We were all like, oh, it looks dumb. Like, I don't want to use that. But as soon as you put it to your eyes, you're like, okay, I can I can roll with that. It works. It just makes it like just hand-holding glass. If you're not going to 
you're not going to put it on a tripod for like for whatever you know reason. It just makes a world of difference. It braces it on your chrome magnum head. Yeah, it's kind of like the the BTX. Thing, I always try to put smaller. like the eye cups at the top of my brow so I can hold it. But yeah. I bet yeah. that brace helps even better. Yeah. I was just thinking though, you were mentioning the the edge to edge. The you know that's the thing I noticed first was your field of view was just like foolish. It was it, so it was such a big difference. It drives people crazy because I shoot with my eye cups down for that reason. Yeah, so all I, the way, all the way down, all right? the way down yeah. for the field Same of here. view and. I got used to the same thing, Frank. I just brace it on my my brow or whatever, and and I've gotten used to it. So now when people have their eye cups up, it's just icky. I can't yeah. do it. But yeah, the, and that's when I saw that. I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense because it's going to be a lot better to have a brace rather than just a little piece on your brow, you know, steadying it up. Yeah. Now you'll be blown away for sure once you get your eyes into them. I didn't think there'd be that big a difference, but it uh, it almost you got to almost get used to what extra field of view that there is because it's like you're used you're not used to being able to travel your eye that that different you know that much further in the in the whole sight picture it's pretty nuts yeah what else you guys got anything else new coming out uh you know we did a lot of product development and uh stuff we released last year you know we got the bars obviously that are out we got some flavors in the works um you know, nothing nothing too groundbreaking in terms of that. Our MCT, like all the products that we released, we're just seeing still a lot of people digging into what we've got out there. Um, so, you know, so we're going to stick with what we've got for now. We're not the type of company that's, you know, looking to just find the new hype and just trying to come out with something because people want it. You know, it's we've got to definitely see like that it's, it's really got some entrenched use in, in people's health and we're going to make it for a long time. So, you know, right now... Um, you know, we, we've kind of had some gels in the works for a while. Um, those are ready to go pretty much at any time. We're just not really sure yet how to introduce the gels in our space because I don't think, I don't know how many, you know, backcountry hunters are using gels. It's more of an endurance athlete, you know, thing. And, um, you know, we want to be in that space or, you know, serve those guys. But, you know, just not, just trying to find the right time for sure. I wouldn't mind those like on a, on a, big hike in or a big pack out something like that that wouldn't be a yeah bad idea. yeah there's definitely a, a place form or a use form you know when when you're just totally crashed and you need a quick you know carb kick um you know the ones where we formulated have a bit of a different uh base it's not like heavy carb it's it's a bit a bit bit different so it would be kind of a unique gel you know it's not like your typical hammer cliff bar gel but um you know we'll see uh you know what we've got going right now is rocking and our bars are flying off the shelf. The hydrant recover this time of year is flying off the shelf. New flavors are going well. So I was surprised. I made a post about the Superman, which it's been around for a decade. Oh, a long time. Yeah, yeah people were like, uh, where's that? Where can I get it? And I'm like, uh. Dude, it surprises okay. me. Yeah, I was like, I can't. I was like, I, I mean, literally, I remember hiking into the Maroon Bells in like 2010, making that. And I, I was reading on both sides, a guy was like, I don't really like it. It, uh, you know, I couldn't sleep when I took it, and I'm like, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot! Why would you take caffeine before you went to bed?" But, um, but yeah, that the the Superman drink is what it was. We called it back then, which was mixing hydrate and recover and uh, energy and focus, which I I would imagine you guys probably still call it. Oh yeah, we still do. Actually, the I think what really helped put it on the map was I don't know how many years it was ago now, maybe six seven years ago. Steve Ranella did like a, a video that. You know, it was, it was when we had old packaging, old branding and stuff, and he kind of showed the how-to to make a Superman. And that, you know, put it on the map for a lot of people, but it always surprises me how many times you still need to, like, tell people what it is and bring it up. We almost get like, okay, we talk about it all the time, but there's still a lot of people who don't know. So, you know, it just takes time. People got to get bludgeoned in the head with things before they remember it. Do you guys ever watch that TV show, The uh, the League? 
I used to, yeah, in college for sure. The guy, the guy was like running marathons, and he was taking this gel, and it was called Spunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, no, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I don't either. But I, some of those uh, goo packs definitely remind me of Spunk. It's like, oh god, yeah. if this is good for me, it fucking better work because this is shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that was kind of where we were with the gels we were developing too. Is it took a while to get them to where we were like. The right consistency. Enjoyable, yeah. yeah. Well, we have our name now. Which spunk. Called spunk. <laughs> spunk. Yeah, it's Mountain South spunk. spunk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> splooge. The splooge. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> hey, grab my spunk. The uh, well, I do, I do those like shoot shot block things sometimes as well, uh-huh. but it it is amazing. Um, you know, we're in the field so much of the the mountains. We're eating that. Our bodies are used to it. But you take a guy out that hasn't eaten dehydrated food or. Uh, gels or shot, and then uh, you next thing you know, it, he's pooping and telling you about it, and it's some astronomical story. And it's like their <laughs> body is used to McDonald's and right. shit, and they're just not used to eating that. So that's something that we've, you know, we constantly deal with with people is, you know, either they're all either one side of the aisle or the other. Like they don't understand where the role is for like supplements or just high quality nutrition in the back back country, or people who are all about it. And you know, if you train aggressively, if you're active, if you're working out. And you're using supplements there. Like, why wouldn't you also use those when you're, you know, working your ass off in the mountains? Like, those are the, some of the most hardest days you'll ever spend. You know, heavy pack ins and outs. Like, you wouldn't want a little extra recovery or hydration. Um, so, there's definitely still a lot of people that think it's bullshit to take supplements into the backcountry or, you know, lean on stuff like that. But, dude, if it's anything that gives you a little bit of an edge or makes you feel better, helps you recover, or just, you know, push a little bit further, like, the, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, like. It's it's still uh it's worth it for sure. Yeah, I I yeah, I the supplement world is a unique place to be in general and and just coming you know from a little bit more of a powerlifting bodybuilding, well, say say bodybuilding, I've only had a six pack once in my life, but the <laughs> the strongman side of things, you know, there are certain supplements that make total sense and then work and then there's other stuff that you don't even know how, you know, oh, yeah. the body can only assimilate so much so you're pissing out a lot of it and then sometimes if you take certain supplements and like they say um the apple cider vinegar is a a equivalent to your your stomach uh acids so if you drop one of those pills into apple cider vinegar and that fucker doesn't dissolve relatively quickly you are shitting it out and you're paying for something you're gonna poop out and so i don't think a lot of people understand um supplementation how it works the benefits of like you know, krill oil or turmeric, curcumin or, or, you know, things of that nature. And then comparing that to what exactly is a branch chain amino acid and why does that help? And a lot of people just don't understand it and they just throw shit in their mouth because somebody told them to, but there is a method behind the madness or a science to it, when to take what and why. For sure. There's a lot of bullshit out there too. You know, that's, that's the battle, you know, we always fight is a lot of fillers, a lot of fillers (laughs) and just a lot of empty marketing and stuff that people, you know, take as gospel, um, that doesn't have any validity behind it. So, you know, you first got to break down those barriers for people that are like kind of privy to the fact that they've been fed some bullshit for years because they've had some bad experiences with stuff. And, you know, then help people realize that there are some things that will actually benefit you, you know, figure out the right things that are going to make a difference for you with inflammation or recovery. Um, you know, a lot of the emphasis that we put in the products we develop are really mostly in recovery, you know, because that's like such a huge part of just health and performance in any in any aspect. So now I'm, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I was going to then I thought, well, if that contradicts what he's going to say, I really don't want to say that is if you're really overweight and just starting 
you, you probably shouldn't worry about building his muscle as much. You should be worrying about the recovery and longevity portion. And then the muscle building comes later because, you know, you come into a gym and you're 75 pounds overweight and you're worried about gaining muscle. That will come. You need to get the fat off first and not worry about gaining. And, and this, this is my personal opinion and I am not well, actually, I am certified uh, to train, but it's been a long time. So <laughs> I'm generally full of shit, but I'm somewhat correct. So, but focus on the the diet uh, and staying um, rebuilding your life, really, because it, it it dieting and nutrition is a marathon. It's a lifelong lifestyle, and uh, we're all relatively fit. You two are a bit fitter than me. You three fuckers, actually, no. Um, <laughs> but you know, once you get the swing of things, like Frank, you're eating healthier than I've ever seen you eat now i mean what's your general food for the day yesterday you the were just thing. eating fucking lettuce the whole shit. thing <laughs> you uh, shit man i don't know i eat a lot of like, elk meat um try to cut out the processed carbs but for breakfast probably like uh, a few eggs and uh half a sweet potato or something like that and then throughout the day elk meat and vegetables baked vegetables shit like that yeah and then a couple, maybe a couple protein shakes yeah well and the protein shake thing um you know I, uh, if you're farting uncontrollably when you're drinking protein shakes, generally that's because there's a lot of fillers and it's not, um, a higher quality protein, not always, but, um, and then there's also the different, you know, there's, there's whey isolate protein and soy. And anyway, that's another thing where guys will just, they'll drink protein, they'll fart up a storm and they'll never take it again. And it's like, well, you bought the shit at Walmart or, you know, mm -hmm. online and you didn't, there, there is good proteins that, that 100%. you won't do that. There's a thing. There's a couple things we add to our proteins, all of them, that make a big difference, and you won't see it from like your Walmart type proteins, but like protein digesting enzymes, which just helps it break down in your system quicker, leads to less bloating and gas and stuff. So, papain and bromelain, things like that, pepsin helps break down those proteins, and that already exists in your gut for you know. But most of us, we just have such a you know fucked up diet that. Our, uh, our balance there on those protein digesting enzymes is gone. So adding that to the formula just helps, you know, and so people always tell us to. It just helps your body assimilate right. as well, right, to get yeah. it in the bloodstream. Yeah, and that's, that's what really makes a good protein and makes a bad protein is how quickly your body can absorb it, digest it, and get it into your system. And if it takes a lot longer to happen, there's more chance for things of just, you know, uh, bad reactions in your gut and your intestines. Yeah, and that, those are the big things. I don't know if you bring anything into the backcountry, but I don't bring a ton of stuff, but I bring uh, krill oil and, and probiotics yeah. and turmeric curcumin every time just because, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not going to be packing a ton of branch chain amino acids yeah. in, but I, I want to, well, basically, I, I don't want to wipe my ass like it's a marker, right? I, right. I would like a clean poo. <laughs> so, wipe and wipe and wipe. Yeah, it just keeps coming. I stole that from Frank, actually. Did you, uh, did you try it's that kombucha that Mike brought you yesterday? No, not, oh. not with – I don't want to shit my pants. I want to see if it's good in. or not. There's a powdered kombucha dude brought in we're going to try because we drink a lot of kombucha. But I love it. I love kombucha, yeah, yeah for sure. I take, I take multivitamins a lot into the backcountry, too, because most of the time you're just eating bars and – processed dehydrated shit and there's just not as much viable uh you know vitamins and minerals in there that you would otherwise be getting if you're eating diets you know like you know get your meats, meats and vegetables at home so and to me you know it just it helps me feel energized you know just consistent energy it's not like that caffeine kick in the face but you just you feel sharp you feel good yeah mental clarity yeah a little mental know. clarity and diet dieting it's amazing how much um that does help mental you know well I say diet, diet and, and hydration um, help mental clarity, hydration even more so. And and again, we'll bring somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. But when you get dehydrated, um, 
you know, anytime you're sleep or, and, or water uh, deprived, your your electrolytes, your, your your synapses to your brain aren't firing correctly. So if you get a guy that's on like an eight mile pack out and, and uh, hasn't drank a lot of water or eaten much, you start asking like, hey, when was your mom born? Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, man, remember that one time, you know, how fast was your bow? And their brain is not working correctly and you need to get them to stop and eat some food and get dehydrated. Ask Josh. That's, I mean, that's Josh's specialty. He's a off, hydration officer. Yeah, yeah. We, Do you have a badge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that come with you dental? Yeah, exactly. Show me your credentials, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. So we have an offshoot uh, working athlete that basically is just, like if you guys were pursuing military contracts or wildland wild, wild fighter fighters, just a B2B portion of our business. Mm-hmm. So I preach hydration as a component of safety within organizations like all day, every day. Like sometimes I, I, don't, I lose track of what they're doing on the outdoor side because I'm so focused on the industrial world. Um, so hydration is, you, you get a guy that's out in the sun all day and then he gets a, behind a $250,000 piece of equipment to pick up some dirt and it's not thinking straight and makes, there's, you know, different kinds of accidents that can happen and hurt themselves and other people. So yeah, there's, there's hydration protocols and this may be kind of boring, but to, when I first started learning about this, when we started working athlete, like three, three, four years ago now, um, I didn't realize how, how big of a deal it was, but I mean, there's huge companies out there that dump a lot of money and a lot of resources into making sure their work crew is hydrated. Well, we have our water bottles. Where are yours? I know. I know. We're, <laughs> we're freaking, running on coffee. We're running on Superman. coffee. <laughs> yeah. Our yeah. coffee machine was broken at the Airbnb this morning. So we had to make some cowboy coffee. So it was kind of <laughs> rocket fuel. We have like 75 different types of coffee back there if you want some. Um, okay. I think, uh, well, I get shit constantly cause I pack a giant water jug around, but I went so many years without water, and then I met a, a, a specialist like yourself, uh, diet nutrition, and sh- she broke down like how important water was, and I'm literally like, "Fuck, yeah, okay, so I'm dying." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, she's yeah. like, "So you know, your your muscles are 65 percent water, your bones are 15 or 20, and you know, she broke all this down, and so." She was letting me know like the long-term effects and, and um, you know, joints and, and everything. And I'm like, so basically what you're saying is I should drink water all day. She's like a guy your size because he's easily drink 120 to 150 ounces of water a day. And I'm like, all right. And I, I've done it ever since. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also, you know, since I've done that, you know, you, 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 he, an example, uh, when we were in BC, there was some younger guys, uh, you'll meet them. They're funnier than hell. And I'm like, hey, should I pack a spotting scope to the top of the mountain? Because we were going from camp. They're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, should we bring water? No, we're good. So I bring a Nalgene and I get to the top of the mountain. And I'm like, so I packed this seven fucking pound spotting scope and no water. And there is no water here because I'm really anal about water. And like, oh, you pussy. And I'm like, it's 12 hours today. I got 32 ounces. Well, one of them at 20 years old got hemorrhoids because he never drinks water. And so you meet those guys that talk about, you know, they're in the shitter for 45 minutes. So either they're fucking off because they don't want to go back to work or they literally can't poop. Well, water helps um, basically the digestion. And I mean, what do they say? 75% of your digestion happens in your intestines, not yeah. in your stomach or right. something like that. In your lower intestine. Yeah, in your lower intestine. So mm-hmm. drinking water and, and eating correctly helps with that. So We had a guy come into the shop uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I think everyone's met those people that are just like, oh, I don't, I don't hunt with water. Like, I don't hunt with those hydration bladders. I don't, I don't do that. And it's like, bro, bro, this is not the place for you. Like, come on. We know you need, like, you're a human being, right? Like, yeah. unless we haven't, you know, unless, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't know why it makes you tougher to say, somehow say you're not drinking water. You're not consuming electrolytes. Yeah, I'm a pussy. I drink water all the time. It's, yeah, yeah. it's important. 
What is kind of a gear question, but what's your go-to kind of water system right now? I'm, I'm struggling with mine a little bit on this last trip. I went on with my family. Just those pumps are can be you sit there for like oh my god a pump those pumps yeah so we've had the same system for a long time uh, a steripin and we use aquamira or a msr aqua just do the drops and then for the camp water like mm. we what do we both have like six liter bladders so six liter for camp we what are those uh, com, uh the bottles that like th- um, we've been using hydro flask yeah hydro flask yeah. hydro pack hydro, hydro pack, pack. Yeah. yep we have a uh, hydro pack bladders and um, like this, this weekend and the, the, the trip we went on, Frank and I always have the one big one in analgene. And, and, uh, when we, we, we go in, we fill up whatever we need to with analgene. We use the steropin to, to purify that. And then when we get to camp, we just fill up that big camp bladder. That's for, you know, eating that night, coffee, whatever, filling up our bladder, the ne- or bottle the next morning. And then when we, well, if we take off for the day and we know water is sparse, we'll take that bladder with us with, with water in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best system. And I've told this story about 400 times, but I'll, I'll tell it again. So I did a, a big um, water purification uh, filtration test with everything on the market. And I went to a beaver pond. I got water. I went to the Denver Water Board, and I had it tested. So it tested positive for Giardia and Cryptosporidium and some other bullshit. So I knew it was fucked up, right? So I knew it was good <laughs> water to test. The only thing that, that came through was a Steropin. Wow. And it, from that moment on, which was a decade ago, yeah, eight years. That's all I've used. So with a pump, a pump will work, but cross-contamination. You know, how many people just wind up both hoses and throw it in the bag? Yeah. Pretty much everybody. Yep. That immediately is cross-contamination. That's how Pecker got um, got it in Alaska. So there's there's that. And then when you have the hollow core fiber filters, which is um, your your drip, Sawyer, um, the hyperflow, um, which you could also um, call the hyperclog because the fucker clogs up all the Yeah, that's what I have. All all of those um, are, when they freeze, the water expands and the the straws crack. And Mm -hmm. then you might as well just be drinking straight out of the... So there was all these negative sides where with the Steropin, it's batteries. um, Mm -hmm. But you can change... Batteries are easy to change out. Uh, you know, you do have to filter it. And a lot of people get worried about, you know, filtering if there's a lot of debris. Mm-hmm. So you do have to get crafty sometimes, but we haven't hardly ever had. You just like cheesecloth? Or, I mean, a shirt. We don't do shirt. shit. <laughs> yeah. a shirt. Yeah. Right. But I, you know, out of all the issues, filter, getting debris out of the water is the last fucking problem I have. Right. Like, you kind of right. like, oh, shit. Yeah. The nice part about having a, a colored Nalgene is you don't have to see it. You yeah. take a fucking clear Nalgene backpacking. We got little, uh, we got yeah. fucking it's little treats. Dirt, we were with, when we were on that sheep scouting strip, we had larvae. So I, fuck it, I'll just drink the larvae. It's protein. protein yeah. I'm used to that, but some mm-hmm. people, you get Squidward's in there, and they're like, <laughs> you're drinking that shit? I'm like, ah, it's, it's fine. It'll be fine. God yeah, I, made dirt. I've used, I used that Catadine Hiker Pro, just one of those pumps for years. It's all I've ever used. And last year was like the second time that on day two or three of a trip, we we're filtering out of uh, just a spring. Just got fucking clogged immediately. But you did. That, yeah. I, I got, I brought my uh, MSR because I was filtering water out of this. It was like a, it was a pond, it, but it had algae on, and it was just, it was just uh, uh, like snow melt basically. And it had algae. So first fucking day, yeah. pumping water, <laughs> clogged. <laughs> And I left the brush at, in the truck because I didn't think I was going to need it to, to clear it. I'm like, fuck. So I had to sacrifice my toothbrush to fucking clean it. So <laughs> yeah, I'd, exactly. I'd pump a quarter a quarter of a, a bladder, have to clean it out. Dude, it was so time-consuming. It sucked. Yeah. I'm getting one of the SteriPens this year for yeah. sure. So there's two to get, which is the classic and the one that Frank uses, which is the Ultra. 
do not get the uh, Frontier, the Mini or whatever it's there's called. There's one. It's a piece of shit. It, it, okay. Yeah, don't get that one. The Classic is a little bit bigger, and I'd probably go to the Ultra. You can charge, and I don't think USB. Yeah. Yeah, USB. So if you're using a solar charger, yeah. like a battery pack, it works. Um, the Classic takes four double A's and I change them out probably once a year. I think it does okay. 300 gallons. Does the Ultra, does that still take batteries though? Like if you don't want to deal no. with the solar charge? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck with You have to charge it okay. yeah, with USB. It lasts, I don't know, probably a little three, four face. days. It's like, yeah, it's got yeah. a screen on it. You're all good. <laughs> <Yeah. come. laughs> Drink water. Yeah. I'd say, and then uh, MSR Aquatabs and Aquamira, we use those. We use Aquamira a lot. Um, How often um, have you guys ever been in a situation where you didn't filter water and you just were like, you know, this is pretty much fresh, you know, spring anywhere? Uh, We did it a lot in Alaska. Yeah, Nobody filtered shit. I'm like, you guys aren't going to... They're like, no, we're good. I'm like, dude, what if the fucking goat took a shit upstream or like something died up there? Like, nah, you're good, man. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. In NWT, I didn't. Um... I got Giardia in BC, but that was out of camp water because they didn't clean out the fucking filtration system well enough. We didn't get it out of the creek. And then here, that one spring, I didn't I didn't purify that all the time. Yeah. There are a few um, springs where we yeah. go mule deer hunting that it's just coming straight out of the mountain. Yeah. And you can fill it up right there, and you're, you that, know, I think that you're I pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about that. But, I mean, you got to figure there's times we're drinking out of a fucking elk wallow because there's no water. Yeah, that one I'm, I'm doing everything twice. And then I'll put, uh, like... Um, the hydrate and recover or like uh, that true lime drink. Anyway, it still tastes like Bigfoot's dick. It's fucking <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Nothing is taking that taste out, but Ugh. you do what you, you, you have to do. Yeah, there's a, a place I hunt in California where we have a pretty nice little spring. We always filter it, but I'm always like tempted just to like dunk my face in there and just drink because it couldn't be any cleaner than that. But, you know, you're eight or nine miles in, like it's a gamble, man. If you just all of a sudden wake up with the Hershey square, it's like you just screwed yourself big time. Yeah, I got down to 180-something when I got up the last time. In fact, I had to, um, you know, you couldn't eat for like five days, and, and I could get water down. And, and water, you'll die after a couple of days without drinking water, but you can go three, four weeks without eating. I'm not, You're not going to be at your peak performance level. So I wasn't too worried about it, but got to a point where I couldn't walk very far. And I was looking like a fucking, I mean, as, as much of an Ethiopian as I, my <laughs> eyes were all buggy, so I, I, I uh messaged Amy on the inReach and I was like, Hey, um, I'm just dumping off the wilderness. I'm not a hundred percent sure where I'm going to end up. I said, I'm just, I'm going to shoot an azimuth and just head in this general direction, drive up and down the road. And she, uh, she found me, I think I got out of there about four hours later and she found me and she was fucking nervous. Like she saw me and she was like, Oh my God. And I was Amazing. white as a ghost. <laughs> and she's like, we got to get, we got, you, you got to eat. And I'm like, yeah, you don't understand the problem. I can't eat. And she's like, what? And because she's a feeder, she's Italian. She's like, I'll cook you. What? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> the fucking wall is going to look like Jackson Pollock when I'm done. Like, well, I cannot eat. So it took another three days, and then I went back in, and I got rid of it naturally. This last time I didn't take any pills. But How much do you weigh now? 214, I think I weighed the other day, 215, right in there. Damn. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's a big trim then. Mm. Not the good one. No, no. I And, and I, was, I, I started taking TRT, so I gained... It was about 200 when I started that, I guess. And I said I've gained about 15 pounds. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't weighed in the 180 since seventh grade, right? I've been yeah. a big kid my whole life. So, mm-hmm. literally, I looked fucked up. Like, yeah. I just don't look that, you know, I was all shriveled up. So, anyway. So, don't get Giardia is the moral of that story. Yeah. yeah. Have you, it's a uh, good diet plan. Have though. you talked about being on Rogan on here yet? I'm sure if you. 
too much. I guess. We just did with bit. Luke a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Were you were you nervous that all the people were? You didn't seem you didn't mm-hmm. seem very nervous. No, you know, I just Rogan. I look up to him in a lot of ways. You know, he does a lot of good things for the the outdoor community, and I'd been you know friends with him for a, a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and and in um actually. I, I was on Gritty's when I first started talking to him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, whatever. After that, um, we just he'd messaged me a question here and there. And I was cool. And then um, he asked me once about this wolf reintroduction. And, and he needed to get somebody on to talk about that. And I said, man, I could do it. but And he said, no. He goes, your heart's into it, dude. You'll end up slapping the shit out of the dude across from the table from you. Because that was a anti-wolf yeah. guy. Mm. And he said, I do need to get you on. And then, I don't know, a month or two later, he's like, hey, man, can you come down? So I was worried it wouldn't go well just because I've got no filter and I say dumb shit all the time. And, man, it felt like maybe we were into it a half hour, hour, and we were just getting warmed up and three hours had gone by. So I I guess he liked it. Um, have, have you noticed, like, like the business, has people started reaching out from that or have you mm. already noticed some more calls? Or no, it was like a that? huge increase. That I think our normal traffic was somewhere in the – We'll say five thousand range on on the website per day, and then that first day it was like sixty thousand. Oh, well, man. actually, it was sixty thousand halfway through the day when he sent us the report. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. Then, like uh, I was at the gym yesterday, and I was wearing a Kafaro shirt, and the guy's like, "Hey, do you know that company?" And I was like, <laughs> I, "Like, I work there, yeah." And he's like, "Well, I saw the guy on Joe Rogan." I was like, "Oh shit, that's fucking crazy." He was like a non-hunter guy, just needed a backpack. Three people recognized me in the airport on the flight back. I flew back the next day. Wow. So, um, and then. You know, people from, I've been home in a long time, you know, I don't, I don't go back home. So people that, um, you know, I grew up with were like, holy shit, dude, what, what do you do? And I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, and I explaining the story is, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause it's not like I've killed 14 world records, right? I just kind of a normal dude that went hunting a lot. And I was like, well, I guess if you broke it down, I just spend a lot of time in the, in the, in the woods. Right. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've become somewhat of a subject matter expert on certain things and, uh, I have a podcast and Frank and I are funny. So people seem to like that shit. So I, I was like, really, I, I, I don't have like a, oh, this was my path and it worked out. I was like, I just like to hunt and be out in the woods and it, 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 it worked. So I don't, it's probably anticlimactic when people meet me. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I'm really good at killing shit and surviving after that. I'm not very good at filing taxes. I forget <laughs> to take out the garbage. Yeah. Uh, Frank has to spell everything for me. <laughs> I think that's what people are drawn to uh, you, Aaron, and, and most guys that like kind of have more of an organic rise to be in like where they're at in the industry. That's what people are drawn to most is just like an authentic love for like the outdoors versus people who are just leveraging like, you know, money or like their media fame or whatever to like ha- make let them have a place in the outdoor space you know like I, I i think i first found out about you when i was like a sophomore or something in college through rock slide yeah and you were just a dude that spent a lot of time in the woods who tested shit longer and harder than anybody else did so like who, who else are you gonna listen to you know and that was just uh that was super cool yeah, it's it's unique. I just, um, you know, at this point, I'm trying to raise everybody up around me so I can get the fuck out because I, <laughs> I am not a, a great, when I say a people person, you know, I don't like being in crowds that much. And, and I was hoping Frank would help, but I, I believe Frank likes it less than I do. Um, <laughs> so really like the general direction, like with the company and Frank's going to take over the, the company. Uh, he'll be like the operations general manager. Um, he's just better at it by far than I am. And then I'll, he and I will kind of control the general direction of the company and partnering up with people like you guys and, uh, you know, expanding where we're at a lot. Like, you know, we, 
um, with, uh, you know, my, my business partner in this, um, he is, is definitely not afraid of growth as long as it's done correctly. And so, you know, we want to be, you know, five, six, seven times larger in the next four to five years, which we can, we can do. And, and Frank's been great as far as, uh, and Anders and, and the whole crew, as far as we're probably working on it two months, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Um, you know, as far as expansion, cause we've grown six or 700 percent in eight years um wow. and we'll probably we'll, we'll grow a hell of a lot bigger than that because yeah we, we we have the capabilities we have the means and we certainly have the designs and, and we're ready to do it so um when you say excited. your partner are you referring to uh patrick Mm-mm. no okay no we bought it from patrick and sarah um, okay and then there's there's two other partners um and they're both freaking awesome i mean they're unbelievable and they're basically like hey we're going to let you guys roll with it for the first year or two. We will just help you financially. Um, you know, I had a lot of confidence in Frank and I was like, look, for, you know, Frank and I, um, you know, Anders and then and, and Jason just give us the the rope to hang ourselves. And believe me, when we need help, we'll ask for help. And they were like, look, you're, <laughs> you have had a meager marketing budget mm-hmm. um, and you guys have done unbelievable what we're going to let you run with it. So, yeah, and right that's crazy. The dude's just, he's just cool as shit. I mean, I hunted with him a ton and he's, He's just—he's a good guy, and then the the CFO, um, not our CFO, but the CFO of of all these businesses they run is—he's—he's he's the kind of dude that um, you know you just can't help but like. But uh, he's a Trekkie, so there's always the Trekkie analogies he has, and mm-hmm. and and he, um, well, I've had to sit in front of some PowerPoint uh, graph meetings where I'm like, fuck, this is horrible. But he, <laughs> he, you know, he's very good at um, projecting things out, you know, and, and for several years. And he's also very good at saying, Hey, th- this is your budget. Yeah. Run with it, you know, hire who you need to, where we've never, we've never had that here. So. You need that kind of person. Like that's, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's Courtney. She does the stuff that we just, just makes my eyes bleed, yeah. you know, the spreadsheets and stuff. But, um, that is absolutely crucial. What, uh, for like your business, what, what is COVID? Have you guys noticed any change during this whole COVID time? Like for us, like for WA and outdoorsmen's man, it's, it's been good. <laughs> like in some sense. We right. probably saw a few weeks slump at the beginning of quarantine. And then right after that, it just phew, straight yeah. up, man. People are like ready to pack up and get the hell out. We, we literally are busier than we've ever yeah. been really. And when I started a few years ago, we get more orders in one night than we did in a month. Uh, so it's grown that much. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say when I, when I started like eight frames a, a month were good. And now there's times in a weekend we'll sell a few hundred or right. Yeah. Well, I think that one weekend we sold 380 frames. Yeah, so nice. wow, big difference from where it was before. And, you know, it's funny too, cause people are like, Oh, why did you kill this pack? It's like, we're, f- we're not fucking Walmart, right? We yeah. only have so much room in this building. And if it's not selling well, even though, you know, at one out of a hundred guys, it was your favorite pack. I'm like, sorry, dude, like yeah. people weren't buying it. So we, ha- we have to be very strategic on what we keep and come out with. So. What happened to the, uh, the DT one? That was, that was a pack. I bought a blemished one off of you like years ago and it was an awesome pack. I think it was freaking. It was our number one seller for many years. And then we came out with a reckoning and, and that reckoning crushed it. Yeah. Um, and they're a hoodlum. The, hoodlum. <clears throat> the hoodlum's pretty close to it now. Yeah. At two pockets to the back and you basically have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's just a matter of we kind of take um, feedback from from all the users and, and friends and, and things like that. And when we come out with a new pack, it's it's generally not um, 
not just, hey, this is what we want. It's really what everyone else. In fact, the Pax Frank and I like, no one likes, so it kind of sucks. Actually, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> That's like, fun. The Argali is my favorite pack, and we didn't have, We sold initially a bunch, and then we didn't sell any. So my favorite pack I can't use because we don't sell anymore. So it's yeah. just how, how life works. So. Yeah. I know Outdoorsman's has been, you know, wanting to bring some of your packs in. I don't know. I don't know where that. Which which packs are? I know you guys have a huge line, but I know that's been something they've been talking about for a while. Yeah, we talked. I talked to Mark the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, really, I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'd like to tell you this is going to work right now, but we can't keep up, so it right. will definitely work in 2021. So we'll work. We're definitely going to, you know, work with you guys. It's it's more of a matter of right now we can't fill standard orders, and so until yeah. we, you know these procedures we've set in place for growth happen, which are starting to happen now. It's, we just can't, we can't build. Oh, yeah. We're out of almost everything we sell, like literally. It's <laughs> right a good problem now. to have. I mean, so, you got to take care of home base. That's yeah. for sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I remember. So like how I got into this whole industry thing was I, when I moved to Arizona, I started working at Outdoorsman's like, I don't know, seven years ago, six years ago or so. And I had a, had a Kafaru pack. I was just like a rock slide guy. You know, I would kind of only been into it for a few years. Started working at Outdoorsman's, you know, and realized, you know, I'm going to be an OD guy and I'm going to rock their packs and stuff and so I was like well you know probably not you know I could use the cash like I had some you know optics and stuff I wanted to buy so I sold my my timberline and it was weird you know back back then it was like and it probably still is you know how guys are sort of tribal with the gear that they rock like I'm an exo guy or I'm a sitka guy or I'm a kuyu guy or whatever same thing with packs um and it seems like that's kind of changing a little bit you know it's like if good gear is good gear made by the right people then you know I'm about it which I think is the way it ought to be. You know, if you're narrowing your, uh, like the shit you want to use into just like, you know, one space, you're just, you're cutting off a lot of other, you know, cool stuff that's being done out there. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny because we use Hillebergs a lot. Yeah. That's, it's a good tent. So, I mean, people yeah. are like, why don't you use your own? I'm like, well, the Hilleberg worked better for you. <laughs> right. But are you fucking kidding me? Why are you asking that question? It's like, oh, I mean, there's good gear, like you said, is good gear. And sometimes so, we want to use them and we don't have them, especially yeah. recently. Like, yeah. damn, I wish I had a tarp and then go in the back to grab when they're all sold. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this I was going to use an Aegis tarp this weekend and we, we don't have any. They're all yeah. sold. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's just um, one of the things, obviously, that I get a kick out of like talking about that because I use everything is. I'll use something for about a month and it's really good and I'll talk about it and I'll use something else for the next month. The guys are like, you said that other thing was good. And I'm like, well, just because I'm using something new doesn't mean that's fucking bad, right? Like I'm trying different stuff. I, I test every, well, not everything. If it's good, I test everything out. So mm-hmm. I, people, it, people are used to it now, but you get guys that, um, you get a lot of guys that are paid, um, you know, by specific companies that really promote, um, certain products. And I, I, the really thing you need to look at is when the sponsorship money goes away, are they still going to promote that product or still think it's it's good? And if the answer is the moment their contract's ending and it's not re-upped, they're on the phone with seven other companies, mm-hmm. you probably don't want to listen to that guy. Um, we all got to eat, right? I understand that. And and I'm not um, down-talking anyone that does that. But for the consumer, um, you know, it can be difficult. And, and uh, I've tried, you know, I've, I've made uh, definitely a couple mistakes as far as doing that in my, whatever you want to call it, career in the outdoors to where now we don't really – we're in a good position. We don't have to talk about anything we don't want to. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the worst part about the industry in quotes, you know, it's just that switching and the, you know, yeah. I want this much money to talk about your product on this. It's like, well, just use it and see if you like it first before we start talking about right. money. 
right? Yeah. 100%. We, I've had that situation with different people, you know, TV shows over the years, like ending contracts and ending things just because it wasn't, just didn't make sense in our budget and wasn't the right fit. And almost, you know, there's been two ways that it go, it'll go. As, as soon as that changes, they're, they're with mountain ops. And it's like immediately like a, like a light switch. And in other cases, um, they, yeah, nothing changed, you know? And in, in a lot of cases, we're still on the show, you know, like, we're, yeah. like it, it wasn't about, it wasn't about the paycheck because in a lot, a lot of ways, that's, that's how I'd hope it would be. It was just about the quality of the products and the people and, you know, what it was doing for their life. And, you know, that's really at the end of the day, what we're all about too, is just trying to improve people's lives. And, you know, we do it in a number of ways, I guess, but, um, like well, you said, a lot to be said for that. Um, you know, as far as how that, um, if you're where your business plan stays and doesn't alter and a lot of people's alter or a lot of companies will alter as the, uh, like how many people started talking about conservation when that got kicked off where they didn't talk about for a decade and now all of a sudden everything's hashtag. Now there's anything wrong with conservation, but you see a lot of people start talking about conservation, fly into DC, but they've never done a sheep count, a mule deer count, never done shit. But all of a sudden they're, they're speaking on behalf of, you know, the outdoor community on conservation. And it's like, oh man, you don't know shit about, con- like, what the, how did you get chosen? You know, and y- you guys have stayed, well, I mean, I've, I've worked with you guys. Well, I was one of your mm-hmm. first pro staffers, like, fuck, I'm old. Frank, I was younger than you <laughs> um, a long time ago. In fact, Floyd right. and I used to talk on the phone frequently. Yeah. And that what it was just Floyd. Yeah. And uh, my first outdoorsman tripod, Floyd was like, I talked to Brian Martin and I think this is what you'll need. And that was like 2008, maybe yeah. 2009. So a long, long time long ago. Long time ago. So, wow. Dude, don't get me started that's on the cool. conservation thing. I, I was, uh, so that's what I went to college for, you know, and I worked for Fish and Game for years after college d- just doing conservation work. Like You look like a game warden. Yeah, I wasn't I was a turd counter, dude. I was one of the biology guys, like, beating feet and doing stuff in the dirt, you there, know? There goes a fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Counting fish. And uh, so, like, to me, when I, like, you know, conservation was just, like, what I wanted to do with my career and all that, and that's what I studied. And then kind of growing into the hunting industry, conservation seemed like a totally different thing. It was, it was just, uh, it was, it was the cool kid thing, you know, and it just, it just changed. Like, I don't see, I mean, maybe they do, like maybe BHA does field projects and gets guys on the ground and gets boots out there, like actually doing the stuff that matters. I don't know. Um, but it, it seems like that's like a, an afterthought to most people who want to beat their chest about conservation. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and and obviously without getting all of us in too much trouble, there's right. there are certain specific, um, you know, groups and individuals that really beat that conservation flag that I know personally that have never actually done any type of conservation, and so w- when you look at conservation, um, you know, the definition of it, and then you look at it from, you know, decades of of well, I mean, starting from the beginning when you know, uh, tag allocations and things like of that nature and, and to keep uh, the animal a- animal numbers at a certain level, what it takes to to keep that going and, and, and really like where the most money is needed, where the boots on the ground are needed. You know, you, you break down somebody that hashtags conservation all the time, they probably couldn't even explain to you what it is. Um, so. Well, and I don't, I don't mean over, like some people, uh, you know, don't have the time or the, you know, but so they donate a lot of money to where they think it should go. And, and that's fine. Like that's important too. Like conservation needs money. 
I think people could do a little more research into where they're putting that money and to figure out where that all goes and trickles down. But yeah, and kind of that's what I was getting at. I guess is that you know um, the money needs to go to conservation, not people's, not to payroll. Um, Right. So right. You have anything to say about that, Josh? (laughs) No, no, I agree. Though it's uh, it's definitely trendy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which, whatever. Hopefully, it's doing good overall. You know, that's that's important. I would say, and I don't, I don't know, like, um, like Steve, you know, hardly at all uh, with the the meat eater. And I know he he has a, a huge footprint um, in the outdoor community. Which, you know, as far as not just the outdoor, the outdoor com- community probably isn't that as important as his reach into the non outdoor community and and who he brings over. Um, you know, and you look at guys like Rogan and, and Cam now too, as far as that's the reach, this isn't about conservation, but just, um, uh, educating people in the outdoors and that's getting, it seems like better and better. And as much as I poked fun at CrossFit, CrossFit's good for conservation or for, uh, the outdoor community. Cause a lot of those guys that get into the lean meat thing and, and, and it's good. So I know they say numbers are down in, in hunting in some ways, but it seems like in Western hunting numbers are yeah. actually quite a bit up. Maybe the whitetail hunting community's down, but... Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah, That's it for certainly sure. looks that way in the fucking parking lot when you go to hike in. <laughs> yeah. <Good> Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're like, I mean, CrossFit too, especially, like, I think, I don't know how, I don't know if Dave Castro is a hunter, but he's definitely a gun guy. He hunts, yeah. Does we, we send him a pack. Yeah. Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he's done some, he's, he communicates with Mark at Outdoorsman's a lot too. He's he's definitely into, you know, the gear we're making there. and um, So it's cool to see that crossover. It's just, you know, branching into you know, non-hunting community and stuff. Yeah, the image of hunting over the last 10 years has changed a lot for sure. People kind of understand what we're doing when we come out and tramp around the mountains and scare a bunch of animals. <laughs> That's yeah. at least what I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely a hunter, not a killer. Right. <laughs> I don't, I like, I just made a post about the, the predator thing because I'm big on predator management. And I, uh, of course, some of my friends were said, oh, you just posted that to look like, you know, whatever. What's the like Lander constantly gives you shit about reposting animals and and I don't do that very often but I reposted some predators and my thing with predators is people need to understand like you know I, I'm not going to eat a coyote or a wolf I just I'm not if Steve wants to eat one by all means rub some funk on it and throw some seasoning <laughs> on there but it's not my thing but they still need to be managed because even though you're taking an animal out of the population the wolf population. Uh, you're you're saving ungulates, and that's part of conservation. It's hard people for people to wrap their head around that. And did you see Danny posted that um, with the lion? They tracked that lion um, in Yellowstone, and it killed what fourteen elk, uh, three mule deer, and it was in one lion in like one s- month. In one six, month, sixty-seven animals in uh, two two months, possibly. Or hold on, I'll look. At they were talking about two a week. So yeah, I mean. You know, knowing the numbers, how many how many mountain lions or wolves or whatever's out there, and then do they need to be? Does that population need to be decreased so the ungulates can flourish or, or increase? That is part of conservation. And if you're scared to talk about predator hunting and, and help conservation, in my opinion, you're fucking up. Like you need to talk about all of it. And if you're cowed because of the negative um, perception from it, you need to use it to shine the light on the positive side of, of that specific thing in, in predator hunting. So. It was uh, 17 kills in 60 days. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Two and a half a week. That's, yeah. I think a lot of people uh, just need to realize their feelings are mostly based on how charismatic that predator is. Like mountain lions, wolves, they get a lot of attention because they're big, iconic, beautiful creatures or whatever. And those people who get all wound up with that typically don't care as much about how many coyotes you shoot. 
or how many yeah. bobcats you shoot, and it just seems to be a fine line. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you you chose to post that like right after you had probably the most eyes on you that you had in a long time. Yeah, it shows it on purpose. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because I don't, I, I mean, I if people don't like it, I truthfully don't give a shit as long as I promote it accordingly and and help people understand. And there's a lot of private messages that go back and forth. Um, you know about that that I don't I don't mind you know I use talk to text and have my wife look at it so I don't like a total knuckle dragger and so people understand like hey um you know when I was on this specific predator hunt this is what I saw you know and as far as wolves go like there isn't vast tracts of land in Colorado for the ungulates or the elk or whatever to hide in like there are in in parts where wolves um are at in let's say British Columbia mm-hmm. most hunters that are I say true hunters. Most hunters that have been in areas with high wolf populations are not down with wolves. And the guys that I see promoting hunters that promote the reintroduction of wolves haven't seen the detriment that wolves can cause for the most part. I'm not saying all. I got into a huge argument last night about it with a guy and I'm like, hey, you, you don't get to vote. You you live in a state that doesn't have wolves, right? Yeah. You get live in a state that wolves aren't coming. You've never been to a place that has had a wolf population problem. So, you know, that would be like me voting on that stupid Sitka deer that lives in Delaware. Fuck, I don't even know right. what it looks like. It looks like a deer. <laughs> I've never the fangs, hunted it. So they have yeah. fangs? Yeah, something. And it's like, well, I shouldn't get to vote on that because I don't, yeah. I've never even been there. Where so. is Colorado with, with the, the wolf? fucked is where we're at. Yeah, really? It looks yeah. like it. Yeah. Just every, all the how How loud are, like the, is the ranching community here about it? I mean, I'm guessing they're, they're probably pre- the most vocal. They're uh, pretty loud, but it's not yeah. going to be enough. Not enough. What's the argument for, like, what's the good part about it just I to have them? they're saying there's too many elk and mule deer, which is a total crock of shit. Yeah. They must have taken a, if they are looking at facts, looked at, like, Rocky Mountain National Park where you can't hunt, where there are a shitload of elk. Yeah. And they're not doing anything about it. And even with that, like, um, where I was at with, like, the Rocky Mountain National Park, you know, uh, monetarily speaking, how many people drive through that gate to pay. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the monetary loss pretty simple mathematical equation um shut the park down for x amount of days and allow hunters at a a draw you know with a a very high price tag to make that money back have those people come out come in weed out the population they get to take the meat give it to poor people keep themselves the park makes their money back from having the gates closed it's a win-win all the way around that can be mathematically quantified. Like uh-huh. you can't argue with those numbers. You let wolves in, you have no fucking idea what's going to happen. No one knows. Even people that say they know, they don't know because we've never done it. So well, one thing is they're not going to stay in the park. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, for sure. yeah. There's no yeah. fence. They don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, really, like you know, as the park, um, the elk decrease in in numbers and you know whatever, they get smarter. They're going to move out to the local. Uh, units that are surrounding it, and then same thing's going to happen. And wolves don't stop, so they'll they'll be spread across you know Colorado in every way. And they're already here in some spots, just not in great numbers. And I've heard people say, "Well, they're only releasing seventeen pairs." Or what? Well, even still, seventeen pairs, and how many they kill? Do the numbers, or you know, you run the numbers, you run the pups, you run their lifespan. It's not something that can be quantified because it hasn't been done here. And we have very small wilderness areas. They're not very big. So the animals have no place to hide. And we don't have a lot of areas with thick, thick timber. So mm-hmm. that makes it even more of a problem for animals to hide. You guys can hunt mountain lions here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, it, it's, um, in the fall, it's not like in some states where you can just buy a tag in September and hunt them. You know, it's, it's later in the season. So. Mm, got it. Frank, what do you got to add? They should let us hunt them during bow season. Yes. <laughs> we always hear a story about some bow hunter that gets that calls in a, a lion or something 
and they have to shoot it out of self-defense well if you had a tag it would be way cooler you know you yeah. actually go after them yeah never seen one uh you know on on foot never seen one in the wild i've seen a bunch of dead ones I used to do necropsies on them uh when i worked at fishing game and that was that was fun work but never actually laid eyes on one even i went uh line hunting with floyd for a handful of days and chased a bunch never never caught up with one never got one treed but uh you guys dry tracking yeah, yeah which is you know a totally different ball game than you know guys chasing them in the snow but it's uh that's i mean if you've never done it I don't know if you've ever done it, man. That is just one of the coolest experiences, just following those dogs and hearing them light up in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, I just actually I posted that video, one we just I just killed last year with, or was that two years ago with Bart? Two years. Yeah, two years ago with Bart. But I've, I've dry-tracked some. It takes a special breed of dog, and they, mm-hmm. it definitely has to be hot. But um, it the, the hound hunting thing where I know people are really, people can be down on that, but... Another thing, if you take emotion out of it, that's the most most humane and ethical way to to shoot the exact animal you want. If you're with a good houndsman, which most are, they won't let off on they won't let out on a dog because they'll they'll measure the track. They know how big it is. They know if it's a male or a female just from the the size of the pad. So, you know, people poo poo on it, but yeah, oh, that's just because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about if you're listening to this and arguing with me now. Like once you. I mean, you think about it. If you see a lion, what are you gonna do? If you have a tag, send it. You're gonna shoot <laughs> send it. Exactly. Yeah. Are you gonna know if it's a male or a female? No, no. you're gonna be shitting no. down both legs. Oh, yeah. You're not gonna look for fucking kittens. I can tell you that. You're gonna shoot it. Where with hounds, you just let them go, pull off the tree. It's that simple. But yeah, God forbid the voice of reason step into play. Yeah, I was uh, when when I was with Floyd. I mean, he taught me some stuff just like reading tracks, just how to look at a track, figure out size, all that kind of stuff. That was it blew me away. It, you know, I kind of had an idea. It was more just you know, dogs catch a scent and go, no matter what. And it was uh, way more of a delicate thing. You know, it's it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's when they come off the track. Sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere and you're circling around, hoping to pick up the track or the scent again. And mm-hmm. When there's not very many tall trees, it can go for a long, long time. I think that one day with Bart and I, we went 13 miles. We had to pull out because it was dark. We just, you know, and poor Bart, I dropped him off fucking far away, and we circled around, Roger and I did, and Roger's like, I think they're going to end up in this valley. And I'm like, well, I'm bored. We might as well go. And we, we met them three miles from the truck. Bart had come 10 miles down, and Bart's like, we'll find this motherfucker tomorrow. And we did. That's the one I killed. Uh, nice. That thing was giant. Yeah. But... Again, it wasn't like um, let the dogs out. And your bobcat wasn't too, too bad. That thing only went out. It was only this out for bobcat, a- yeah, we chased him for <clears throat> probably four hours, but he just kept running down one ridge, and he'd run back across <laughs> and back and forth. He did it for hours and hours. It was cold as shit. Just- it was negative 30 that day, or 30. Oh, it was fucking cold. It was yeah. so cold. Oh. And that thing treed so high. Frank was trying to <laughs> shoot it, and it was basically vertical in the tree. But, you know, we got it, but sometimes when – you you let out on those things. I mean, it's it's an all day event. Um, and there's you know if you're not fit, you're not going to get to the tree. There's no. just no way around it. Those dogs are impressive too. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why we uh, started Canine Athlete. So another little offshoot. We made a couple products specifically for dogs. So like a hydration product for dogs. It was re- you know Floyd was one of the biggest proponents of it because he's got a you know pack of hounds that. I mean, just go like they're fire breathing dogs that, you know, you overheat those dogs overheat. They'll, they'll run till they're dead. So mm-hmm. literally, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And he's, I mean, he's had, he's got crazy stories about needing to basically carry them into water just to cool them off because they, they won't stop. Nope. Yeah. yeah I well, don't that, know. that, that pig hunt we just went on, we were using dogs and a- Amy's new to hunting my wife. And so it got to a point, they, 
it's it's fucking hot. It's in Texas, ninety degrees, and and usually they do it in the December. In December, but we we were you know obviously earlier, but after it, it it had cornered it three times and it was a fucking big pig. Like they ran across the road, so we stopped the truck and I saw like seven little piglets run out and I didn't see the mom and they're trying to get get them out of there. And so they were little forty pounders and uh, Wes was like, hey, let's just get one of these pigs. And so we let the dogs out. We got down there, and it was the mom, and she was fucking pissed. And uh, it charged Amy, and she didn't know. Like, she, I obviously didn't do a good job of instructing her that they can fuck you up quick. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, running backwards trying to grab her, and thank God Scott grabbed her to hold of her because it charged from about me to you. And she was like, should I have gotten out of the way? I'm like, you should have run. Like, you got to be careful. And so on the third time they'd cornered it, Wes was like, man, these dogs are overheating. He's like, you're going to have to kill it for if it happens again and she got an arrow in it after that, she didn't know. And she's worried about hitting the dogs and you know, it's a chaotic. Well, those, um, those dogs, he said, the problem is that the, like we were talking about, he's like, the dogs will not stop. And if that pig gets across like an alfalfa field, you know, it'll sprint for, you know, ever. And those dogs at that, you know, with heat, they're not going to just stop back. Like, Hold on pig. Let me get a drink. They run themselves to death. So yeah. they try not to run them in those hotter times. They'll do it more in like December, January time frame. You've seen those uh, Jag Terriers? Jagged? I think it's J A G. Never worked with them, but I've seen them. Yeah. Dude, so the the times I've hunted in Texas for pigs, that's what the guy has, and you yeah, know they're, they're mean little. Bastards. Oh my god! And they don't know their size, you know. So like they'll go. I had a pig one time that I kind of gut shot it, and he um, basically just buried himself in a brush pile. And it was, you know, it wasn't huge. It was about a you know two hundred ish pound pig. Uh, it was a sow. And this little, I mean, that thing would have eaten this dog for lunch, but that dog thought it was just going to go in there and eat it, <laughs> and it didn't care. So, you know, the guy, the, um, spacing on his name, um, freaking, he was the one that had to pull the dog off, but that was just the most vicious little dog. I want one because it was smart as shit. You throw a rock in the middle of the woods, just a random old rock, he'll find it and bring it back. <laughs> the coolest dog. <laughs> the yeah. coolest dog. That's just like our dog. No, <laughs> we have a teacup Yorkie. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, I mean, he can watch the ball and then he'll lose it. Like, where did it go? Yeah, he's cute, but he's, yeah, he's definitely bait. We got to worry yeah. about birds picking him up off the porch and shit. He's tiny. <laughs> yeah, some of those dogs that they use are pretty. We know he doesn't, my, uh, Wes doesn't use a, a bite dog. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a kill dog. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, the medical bills are too fucking high. He's yeah. like, so he's like, we'll just, you know, we'll run it down, which in the, in the colder months, it doesn't matter as much because they'll corner up or whatever. Like when I, when I got mine, it was, um, it, it cornered up and, and, um, I shot it from about me to friend. I don't know if you saw that video. I had to jump over it when it charged. Oh me. yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, fuck man. Yeah, I I just drew my bow back a little ways because the dogs were there, and you can hear Wes go, "Look out, Snyder!" And I was I kind of like look left, right in a split second, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to jump over this thing. God, I hope I can still jump high. And uh, I did my best impression of a box jump and just cleared its back, and Ooh. you can see that nocturnal flying underneath me. It was he was let Wes was laughing his ass off, and he was like. It's not bad of a, that's not a bad jump for a white dude. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. I was like, I thought that thing was going to T-bone me. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. It was Pig fun. hunting's fun. Yeah. We, uh, our, we had a, we always go to Texas every year this year. It got, you know, COVID shit on that one too. But, uh, it's a good time for sure. He doesn't have bite dogs. Like they don't, you know, hold him down or nothing. It's a bow hunting ranch, but he's just a blood, bloodhound, blood dog, you yeah. know, just tracks him for you. And, but yeah, that's, that's probably for me, one of the most fun. I'm obviously love to just, you know, whack him dead and center punch him, but Watching those dogs freaking follow those things and just tear, uh, it's, it's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you have to have uh, Luke, the guy that was just here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell the story on the air, but you'll have to ask him about his uh, dog pig hunting story in Louisiana. <laughs> uh, 
We'll t- I'll tell you when we get off here. It's yeah. not something, yeah, we'll all end up in jail. If I <laughs> but, man, we're hitting over an hour here, and I, I should probably go. But you guys uh, kind of want to list off, what, you know, what all you guys offer at um, uh, Wilderness Athlete, but also Outdoorsman, and then, uh, you know, where they can find you? Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, so for Wilderness Athlete, uh, wildernessathlete.com, as simple as it sounds, is where, you know, all of our products are. Um, you know, coming into hunting season, I think the two things that people are going to want to focus on most would be like our hydrant recover, um, you know, energy and focus. If you want to make that Superman we were talking about earlier, uh, and even, you know, for guys like me who aren't used to altitudes here, like altitude advantage is a huge one, you know, coming into, you know, if I'm going to be up above 9,000 feet or I'm like a thousand foot guy, most of the time every year dudes are, you know, cramping up, dealing with altitude sickness. So, uh, we got a lot of things on our on our site that you know you might have a need for, whether it's like a meal replacement shake or something. But um, you know, we always encourage people to reach out. You can reach out to me personally uh, if you have any questions or just you know want to chat or don't like anything I said or anything like that. My email address is Kevin at WildernessAthlete dot com. Um, yeah, yeah. So we got you know new bars, bites get loaded up for the season. Those are going to be good to have on you. Um, and for outdoorsmen's man, I mean, that's, that's, if you're looking for optics, tripods, um, any of the Western hunting gear that is really niche and stuff, especially if you're a guy who glasses a lot, you need to call outdoorsmen's for sure. That's, uh, outdoorsmen's.com is, is where all their stuff is. They've got a new beautiful tricked out website. Um, but, uh, yeah. Got to plug working athlete. If you got a crew or you're in safety and want to get you guys hydrated with some healthy products, check out workingathlete.com. Yeah, if Um, your company's buying Squencher or Gatorade for you and and they're supplying that shit, you need to call Josh for sure. (laughs) There you go. They do sell packs as well, but but buy ours. No, I'm just kidding. They they have have packs. Yeah, I thought you might punch me in the face. I was like, yeah, I've got the best frame packs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no shit. Well, you guys have been in business a long time too, but Mm -hmm. the the biggest thing I would say with – the question I get because you're on the tripods is definitely look at the optic system. If you have no idea what you're doing, call because I have guys call me all the time. Be like, I bought the wrong shit. And I'm like, well, did you call them? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you're a fucking idiot. So yeah. call. They are very good at what they do and they can get you set up with the exact system you need, whether it be window mount or what size of tripod, what different heads because they offer multiple different options on that. So Yeah, 100% on both sides. Everyone's super knowledgeable at Outdoorsman's and uh, same thing for us on Wilderness Athletes. So if you ever just are confused by all the shit we have on our website, don't hesitate to call or email. We'd love to. I prefer chatting with people like that it's, that's that's what's fun for us so um yeah reach out cool frank anything to add josh you're gonna go hit the gym the jujitsu gym with luke are you going are you going no. tonight to drain no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to talk frank into going to jujitsu you want to watch those guys those guys are badass over there man I'm, i've never i've never been to luke's gym yeah uh, it's it's right across the street up there on 52nd yeah I might go roll. It depends. Um, yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. I mean, the boxing a- part's been fun and the you like little kickboxing, some wrestling, but yeah, those guys are on another level over there. Yeah. Luke occasionally beats Frank up. When Frank oh, dude, he beats the shit. He cornered me the other day. He said uh, something about, we're talking about something at his house and and uh, I said something like, yeah, I'm usually there when Luke isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he caught me in the corner and I, he went to hit me in the stomach. He fake hit me in the stomach. I lifted my leg and he Punched me in the nuts from behind, <laughs> and then punched me in the stomach, and I was just uh, laying on the what ground. A guy. There. What yeah. a guy! Yeah, I mean, I deserved it, but we he, give enough shit. I'm surprised he hasn't hit me more. Um, <laughs> I'm taking enough money from him that I'm sure he hasn't beaten the piss out of me. <laughs> Luckily, though, I'm big enough I can probably get away from him, and I have no doubt I can outrun him. So <laughs> um, that's the most important part. Yeah. 
Anyhow, all right, well, we should wrap this up. I appreciate you guys coming on. Definitely yeah, thanks, check guys. out Wilderness Athlete and Outdoorsman. And, uh, yeah, you guys have fun at the uh, Alpha Bow Hunting. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks for having us on.